Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 26. And my boss walks by and he says, oh, you're a project manager. I'm only on page three of this book. And I said, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm a project manager. So I turned around to him and I go, yeah, I'm a project manager. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to another amazing Monday, and today we have one of my favorite episodes so far, as I've got an interview with a great friend of mine, Malvin Young, and today we really go deep into mindset and the power of the be, do, have method, and he really breaks that down very clear on how that works and why that works. And yeah, it just, I mean, honestly, this is one of my favorite episodes yet. And I think there's just so many nuggets of gold in here. I can't wait to share it with you. And I'm sure that this is going to be one that you're going to want to hear twice and probably go back and listen to again. I know that I definitely will be. And uh, I, I also wanted to just give you a heads up and excuse if you guys hear any background noise. Uh, there was someone uh, outside cutting the lawn while we were recording this. So hopefully uh, you guys can't hear it too much or it doesn't interrupt. But I just wanted to give you that heads up as well. But let's wait no further and jump right into it with this interview with Malvin. Here we go. Malvin, thank you so very much for joining me today. It's always been a pleasure uh, to get to talk with you. And we actually just uh, did another podcast for your podcast, Be Do Have, which is awesome. Definitely encourage anybody to go check that out. Um, and yeah, I'm just stoked to have you uh, on the show here. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, uh, you know, each time we get on the phone with each other, it seems that we have a million things to talk about. So I'm glad we're doing these podcasts and <laughs> we can uh, fit some time and, and have these uh, cool conversations. Yeah, it's it's been incredible just uh, listening to some of your different stories. And you've actually got an incredible story with uh, coming from a bit of a humble background um, and then creating a really cool, um, you know, high income job when you were still pretty young, running a whole team of individuals. You've been doing coaching and speaking. And then you kind of went and had a, a horrible car accident and had to just kind of, um, you know, rebuild everything a little bit from the ground back up. And uh, now you're actually one of the brand partners of a major TV company. Kind of just, if you don't mind, walk us through a little bit of of your story. And, and I'm, I'm sorry if I was off on any of that. So maybe you can kind of just clarify and, and uh, fill us in on a little bit of, of your kind of background. And then uh, we'll kind of go back into it. Sure. Absolutely, Nick. Uh, appreciate that. And appreciate you giving me the opportunity to kind of share this story. Uh, yeah, I mean, my life, I had to grow up 
at a very young age. Um, you know, times were very challenging. We grew up downtown Toronto, not in the nicest neighborhood. Uh, you know, income was low. And uh, actually, it's funny when I think back now, uh, the house that my father was renting was a nine-bedroom house downtown Toronto. And I recall that it was about $350 a month for rent back then. So <laughs> just to put things into perspective, you know, from then till now. But uh, yeah, we, we were struggling uh, in the sense of uh, finances. But I did, uh, I had uh, a mother and a father who loved me. And I think uh, no matter what the challenges were, I always knew that I had parents that loved me. And I think that's really what uh, helped me make uh, good decisions uh, going forward. But I had to grow up very fast, Nick, at the age of 15 years old, where my other friends were, you know, still playing in the parks, having fun, uh, maybe getting into a bit of drinking and all that at that time. I was paying rent. I had my own apartment by the time I was 15 years old. I was uh, working at nighttime and I was uh, going to school in the daytime, trying to go to school. I mean, I didn't always attend because it was a little tough. Um, I was working in a uh, nuts and bolts factory, picking orders, and uh, very humbling times. I remember uh, it was, and it was just the circumstances. I don't think it was that my parents didn't love me. I think it was uh, just the fact that my my parents loved me a lot, but uh, I don't know if they had the right type of education and training and support in their lives to make the best decisions. So uh, the circumstances had left me living on my own. And I remember at one point reaching out uh, to my mom. So my parents were separated. And I remember reaching out to my mom and I had no food. And I remember uh, saying to my mom, I need, uh, I need to borrow a little bit of money to uh, get some food. And she said, sorry, I can't help you. Like, I don't have any. And I remember hanging up the phone and just crying. It was like, I'm 15 years old. I mean, like I'm living on my own and I'm like, enough is enough. I made a decision in that moment uh, that I would never be broke again, that I would never put myself in that situation again. And uh, I remember that kind of being the first pivotal point in my life. But I, I went on and uh, did what everyone else uh, was trained to do, which is, you know, go to school and get a good job and I didn't do well at school, Nick, until uh, I would say, you know, I, I hit college. I actually didn't finish high school. Um, I had to go write a test to go to college. And the first thing I did was I thought I was a hands-on guy and I went to school to learn about welding, did that stuff. That didn't work out too well. I enjoyed it, but I didn't see myself doing that forever. And then I got into computers. So I took uh, uh, information technology and information systems and uh I was a quiet kid, you know, I, I, I didn't talk much. So I just wanted a job where I can, you know, hide behind the computer and do my thing and make my money so I can uh, survive pretty much. And that was my thinking. So um, when I got in the IT world, it's funny. Um, I was working for a company called Siemens. And I remember I picked up a book. I thought I better continue to better myself. You know, everyone else is just doing their job. And I thought, I just want to better myself. And I picked up a project management book and I was on page three of that book. And I remember my boss who I got along with very well walked by and I was a call center agent. I picked up the phone and 
help people resolve issues with their laptops and things like that. And my boss walks by and he says, oh, you're a project manager. Like you, you studied project management and I'm only on page three of this book. And I said, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm a project manager. So I turned around to him and I go, yeah, I'm a project manager. And he goes, what do you know about project management? And the first three pages talked about this thing called the triple constraint, time, money, and scope. So I said, man, I'm pretty strong in the areas of time, money, and scope. And he says, I need a project manager. I didn't know how I was going to do it. Nick. I had no idea. But anyway, he says, uh, I'd like to talk to you more about this. Anyway, he hired me on as a project manager. I went from like $40,000 a year to almost $80,000 a year at that time. That was really good money. I was a young guy. And I had to literally be committed to being a resourceful person. I just had to learn on the fly. And I, I had built enough confidence and belief in myself that I could do that. And I think that was the point of my life where I realized I can do anything. Because I don't need to have all the answers. I just need to be resourceful. I need to know that I'm confident enough to wake up in the morning and find the answers and solve the problems. And I think that's, you know, when my life transformed and I realized I could, you know, maybe live some of those dreams that I had as a child. So to fast forward a little bit, I went from that position to having a lot of confidence in myself to starting my own business and doing quite well with that um, to the point where I, I sold that business. And then I bought another business, which I lost a lot of money on. And this kind of pattern kept happening. You know, I'd have some wins and some losses. Um, but most importantly, I think through all of that business growth, there was personal growth. I started getting more tapped into who do I want to become as a person that became more important to me. I stopped looking at my measuring stick being money like how much money do I have to uh, how happy am I? How happy am I as a person? And when that shift happened, so did everything else. Like I got really heavily immersed into personal development. I took all of that training and business experience that I had and created a new company called Culture Systems. And I couldn't believe it. Same type of pattern happened. And, and I know I'm running a little long here on this story, but I do want to share a couple very pivotal pivotal points in my life and um, or pivots is probably the right word. But I remember when I started this company, Culture Systems, it literally happened from a thought. I Again, sitting in my car, I'm crying. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my life at this point? And I don't know what to do. And I just thought, what have I always wanted to do? And I've wanted to help people and companies. So anyway, Long story short, next day I go and I visit an old client of mine who I was not allowed to talk to for about a year just because I sold out of my last company and contractually I wasn't allowed to talk to him. So I waited a year to talk to this guy, sat down in his office and he said, so what do you do now? And I wasn't this, but in the moment I was, I said, well, I'm a business coach now. And he says, well, what does that look like? And I remember, man, I got up on his board and I started drawing out be, do, have, and I started drawing all of these concepts out on the board and how if we improve ourselves individually as leaders within the company, we can transform our culture. He says, wow, this is so cool. Can you show this to my executives? Like in the next couple of days, we're looking for someone because we're growing so fast. I said, sure. I went back. I shared 
exactly, well, I, I, what I did is I created a little um, slideshow and I shared exactly what I shared with the owner of that company. Uh, they said, uh, give us a couple minutes. We'd like to think about this. And they said, how much is it going to cost? And I told them an astronomical number. I said, like, I'm going to be a great business coach. <laughs> and uh, anyway, within, within a couple hours after that, I had signed my very first contract, which led to, through word of mouth, uh, one company to another company to another company to going international to, you know, really having uh, one of the leading edge companies around business culture uh, and, and helping companies really define a good culture uh, and a good workplace uh, for their employees. So that was a fascinating ride. And then to fast forward, I was probably at the peak of my career and my personal life. I was just at bliss. I was you probably had these experiences, Nick, where you, you just feel like you're untouchable and you can control everything in your life. And that's where I was. And I was coming back from a bass tournament, went out and bought a brand new bass boat, driving back. I had a, a partner with me from the Bass Masters and a drunk driver pulls out in front of me and hits me head on collision. We're on a highway. And I remember that moment clearly all I can think about was my children and my wife and my life changed. My life changed Nick, uh, in that moment because what I was able to do and what I, my thought patterns were so conducive to success. And it was like having a filing cabinet that's perfectly neatly filed and works well to boom in that accident that filing cabinet getting all messed up. My thought patterns were messed up. My physical was messed up spiritually, emotionally, mentally. I was just broken, completely broken. And it might not have looked like that on the outside. As a matter of fact, the uh, ambulance driver said, you look quite good. The paramedics people, they said, you look quite good for being in such a crazy accident. Do you want to go to the hospital? I said, no, I was in such an adrenaline rush. All I wanted to do was see my children and make sure they were safe. Uh, they were at home uh, with their mom. So um, at that point, I had no idea that I wasn't going to be able to work, that I wasn't going to be able to uh, do the things that I did, like play basketball and hockey and, you know, my old Taekwondo stuff, like things that were very important to me. I had to stop all that. And as a matter of fact, a lot of it I didn't know how to do anymore. So life was like, you know, very hard to start with. And then boom, it was like I had to restart it all over again. Fast, that was in 2012. Fast forward to now, I can happily say that I was able to eventually, not at the beginning, my future looked very dark at the, after that accident, but eventually get a grip on some of the old tools that I'm teaching on my podcast now, reuse them in my life again to rebuild myself to a point where it almost looks like nothing happened, like there was no car accident. And, but the value to me is that I got to go through it twice. So I like to look at this whole story as like, thank God this all happened to me because I learned so much from it and I'm a lot like you, Nick, and wanting to give back. And I, I said, thank God it happened twice but I pray it doesn't happen a third time. Like I think I learned a lot of good lessons here, but I, I, I really uh, value that I went through that stuff and I can now articulate it. And now I can choose to live 
the life that I want again after relearning everything all over again. So Nick, that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of it all. There's many other nuances there, but uh, I hope that's what you were looking for today. No, that, that's a, an amazing story there, Malvin. Thank you so very much for sharing it with us. Uh, there's several different things in there that I'd love to, to kind of go deep on. But the first one that's kind of popping up is, you know, obviously this car accident is, you know, a horrible situation. Nobody would ever dream to have it happen again. But what was the biggest takeaway that you got from it? Now, looking back, because it's hard to look, you know, at the moment and and get any value out of something when it's so horrible. But when you have, you know, 10 years to look back or something like that, what do you feel, what value did you get out of it or what lesson did you learn? Or was there any takeaways from the car accident that you look back at now that that really, you know, helped you where you are right now? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great question, Nick. And I can probably sum them up into one big thing, which is at the beginning of something like that, you're very angry. As a matter of fact, you're angry at everything. You're angry at God. You're angry at your family in some cases. Uh, You feel, as a man anyway, I felt like I couldn't provide anymore. So maybe my family won't need me as much. Uh, There was just you know, a very big black cloud over my future. And my only thing I can do in that situation was point all fingers outwards. I can only just blame and blame and blame and be angry. So that's, you know, where I was right after the accident for a long time, Nick. I mean, I wasn't happy with who I was uh, at that point, especially in contrast with knowing who I was before the accident. So it was just a very angry point. But the biggest lesson I learned was no matter how tough things are going, you have to point the fingers back at yourself, man. You can't be blaming anyone. As a matter of fact, like I'm at a point now where I can thank you, buddy, for being drunk and hitting me. Like, I mean, thank you. You've transformed my life. I I went from angry to like, I love that guy and I hope he's okay now. You know, so I think I have to take personal responsibility for everything in my life, no matter what, if it's my finances, if it's my relationships, it all spawns from me. And it's a hard thing to do. Um, but like, it's, it's a powerful thing to do. Because if I point all my fingers back at me, it's only me that can make that transformation to go forward. Obviously, great support around you is a, an added bonus. But if I can take every situation in my life, stop complaining, stop blaming other people, look at my own life and say, who am I being in the face of this car accident? And how do I transform that? That's the biggest lesson I got. That, that's amazing. Um, again, an incredible story. And, and you speak um, several times about who you need to be. And it really just... it. It got me thinking, and, and I'd love to hear more of your explanation because it's also the title of your podcast, Be, Do, Have. Kind of walk us through the Be, Do, Have method and how you've used that in your life and just kind of break it down for us. Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, Be, Do, Have was just a simple uh, terminology that I learned or a formula that I learned in a a course, a personal development course in Toronto. 
and it was just you know something that uh, I learned and thought, wow, that's very cool in theory, but I had no idea how to apply it to my life. Not until I was backed in the corner in my life, my own life, that I had to start looking at who I'm being. It only then became clear. Before I would joke about it and say, "Ha, hey, you're getting that result because." you're being an idiot or whatever, right? Or uh, uh, for, my, for myself, I would laugh at myself and say, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm being ignorant. That's why I'm not smart or whatever. Um, and I would always just kind of play with that terminology, that formula. But when I was backed in the corner of my own life, I then had to kind of pull out those tools and try to use them. And then it made a lot of sense. So a good example of that, uh, Nick, is I'd love to share with you uh, um, uh, an area of my life that I really struggled with at a young age, and that's relationship with women. And uh, thank God I had learned this be do have because today I'm going to tell you I have a beautiful wife. Uh, I I have uh, two young daughters that are just amazing little girls. I have a grown up boy now who's uh, 21 years old, and I just feel so blessed. And I don't think any of that was possible living in the state that I was living and, and uh, unless I broke through my barriers and challenges with relationship with women. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about that and, and how that started for me. But I noticed a common uh, thread going on, a common theme going on that I would get in a relationship and, you know, we'd get closer and closer and usually two to three months in, I'd end up pushing them away. And they'd be like, you know, what's going on here? And, and uh, you know, are we a couple or not? And I'd end up breaking up with them. Maybe out of didn't want to get hurt, but I just didn't. The reality was when I looked at the themes, the reality was I didn't trust women. I just didn't trust women at that age in my life. And I had to look a little closer at who I was being in the face of relationship with women. And obviously one of them was untrusting. So I wasn't trusting them and I had to look at what that root cause was. And if I look back, uh, I'll tell you what I had to do is I had to go back to the earliest event in my life where I remember not trusting women. And where that started from was I had a stepmom who was very abusive, you know, in many different ways, mentally, emotionally, many different ways, just abusive. And I had learned to not trust women from her back in those days. And so that seemed to be the event and the theme that kept going on. I just, no matter what women would say to me, I just thought it was manipulation. When they say, hey, I'm trying to get closer to you, I'm thinking, no, you're just trying to hurt me. You're just trying to take something from me. You're just trying to get something from me. I just never believed them. So what I had to do um, when I understood this theme is I had to go back and look at who was I being in the face of relationships and who was I being as even a young boy in the face of this manipulative stepmom? And what I got was that um, I was definitely being not trusting. I was uh, being vulnerable in a way that I would allow people to hurt me. I was uh, being disrespectful to women. I was um, being unfaithful to women. Like I would go out and, you know, have other dates with women. Well, so I, I was being all these ways that are not conducive of a successful relationship. And so anyway, I had to go to work on me. And I remember having to clean this up 
with my stepmom. And I, I wasn't in contact with, with her at this point. And this sounds kind of strange, but I wrote a big, long letter. And that letter was 13 pages. And I was just writing down how mad I was at her for all these things she did to me and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the letter was the transforming point when I wrote down at the very end, I said, oh my God, I just realized something. Human beings only do what they have been taught in their own experiences. So what you did to me was actually something that you must have been taught and gone through yourself. And I just want to say I'm sorry to you and to all women for being the way I was because the reality is you were probably a hurt person and things happened to you. And here I am blaming my whole life on you because I can't have a good relationship. I said in that letter, I'm sorry and I love you. And that was quite a transformation from like hating that person to like, I love you. And what that opened up for me was I had a new opportunity to be new ways around women. I didn't have to be the shitty ass guy around women anymore. I can actually try on be trusting, be happy, be optimistic, be loving, be caring, be sensitive. Be responsible. I can try on these new ways of being in a relationship. And what was so amazing about that is through practice, trying it on, practice makes permanent. Eventually, through practicing it over and over, it got in my bones. That that's just who I became around women. And lucky enough, you know, I went through a few dates and I really wanted that, but I, I couldn't find the right relationship. And voila, you know, I meet the love of my life. And I still, I'm not perfect. I still slip into old ways of being. <laughs> Next, some of those old patterns are old and ingrained. But these new ways of being have been practiced so long that they're more dominant. So therefore, I have much more successful relationship with women. And thank God that all happened. Because had it not, I mean, I have two young daughters. Imagine not trusting them, not respecting them, not loving them. Like, I mean, none of that would have been possible. So thank God for my stepmom who was the way she was, but this gave me an opportunity to get present to, it's not her, never was. Sure, she did some things to me, but the reality is I have to be responsible to how I respond to it. And by cleaning that up, it gave me a new opportunity to practice new ways of being. And it's the practice part where the power is practice new ways of being until I get the result that I want. I hope that makes sense. Nick. Yeah. First off. Wow. I mean, thanks for opening up and, and being so honest with us all and explaining that whole childhood thing. It, um, I'm sure it's, I don't know if it's still uncomfortable to, to live through or not, but it, it's, it's amazing to hear that one, you're human and just the, the truth behind it all and, and just to see how you can transform any situation and once you take ownership of your own life you can transform into becoming whatever it is that you want to be and and then taking that and acting on it is the next you know in in your equation of be do have the next part is do which means you have to act on it so you figure out you know who you want to be and then you take action towards that um, and that will bring the results to what you want to have and it's also amazing how quickly um, 
and I don't know if, if you consider it quick or not, but just the way you're explaining the story, how quickly you can find the woman of your dreams who ends up being your wife after becoming who you want to be, taking action and doing what you need to do, and then quickly getting what you want to have. And, and it kind of just, it, it, to me, brings on the whole thought of, um, of the law of attraction as well in once you kind of set your mind at something, you will bring more of that into your reality. Absolutely, Nick. And that's kind of the snowball effect is the more you practice this way of being, the more of those results you'll get into your life. And so the consistency around the practice is important. But to go back, you know, you said uh, you're not sure how uncomfortable it is for me to talk about these things. The funny thing is because I've completely transformed it, there is no negative uh, uh, um, associations attached to that experience at all anymore. I'm actually very, very grateful that it happened to me. And uh, I remember uh, speaking at a uh, conference one time and I shared that story just to be very vulnerable to organizations. Like, I mean, we got to stop buttoning up when we go to work and being someone who we're not. So I shared a story to show them how to unbutton and just be you, man, at work. Enjoy yourself, right? And be vulnerable. It's a powerful state to be in. And I remember sharing that story and a woman came up to me after and she was crying and she says, man, like, you know, she said, I was raped uh, by somebody when I was younger and you just gave me the tool finally to come to peace with it. Like I'm in power. Sure, I got raped. That was the event. That's, that's what happened to her. But I have the power to actually transform that into something positive. You know, fast forward later, that person kept in touch with me and uh, that was a while back, but I did get messages saying how empowered she was and how she's helping other people through the process of, of uh, that they went through the same type of thing. So I think, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not uncomfortable anymore. Like I've had people say to me, Malvin, it seems like it didn't even happen to you. It seems like a made up story because I don't cry over it anymore. I'm actually very grateful that it happened. It made me who I am today and it gives me power to help other people. Yeah. Wow. And it's, to me, it's very similar to the car accident too, where, you know, these uncomfortable situations happen in life. And in the moment, it's hard to see that silver lining. You might not see anything good around what's happening right now. And you could take that into, you know, our current situation uh, in the world right now with, with the coronavirus, with rioting, with, you know, politics and, and everything that's happening. Um, you might not like what's happening or you might not see, you know, past the fog, but it's always once you make it past and you're able to look back that you can see those silver linings and know that, you know, that has created what is coming in the future. Um, and it's, it, to me, it brings a little bit of peace of mind knowing that, that there's always that silver lining. So no matter how hard, you know, the situation is, no matter how gloom and doom it is, there's always going to be something. It could be the littlest thing, um, but there will be something that 10 years time, you're going to look back and you're going to be thankful for that one thing that happened. Just how earlier you said you're, you're now thankful that that guy pulled out in front of you, the drunk driver, and hit you. At the time, I guarantee it was probably very hard to feel thankful for that. Um, but you're able to look back only years from now 
or years from then and, and be thankful for that uh, situation. And I think for anybody that's going through any hard time, uh, know that there is going to be a moment that years from now, you're going to be able to look back and be like, well, even though it was hard, I'm grateful because of this, or I'm thankful because of this, because it led me to where I am today. Absolutely, Nick. And you know, one thing I could say about that, uh, and it might be hard to do at the very beginning of maybe a tragedy or a a pivot point in your life. um, But until you turn those fingers back to you and start pointing at yourself, that's how you kind of speed up the process. I mean, there is time, time will heal all things. There's no about no doubt about that, that the silver lining will appear at some point. But if we do want to kind of speed up that process, we got to do the hard work. And the hard work is looking at ourselves and analyzing ourselves and uh, not the world. I mean, you mentioned with everything going on in the world today, I think that's the best thing people can do today is stop looking at the news and what's going on and don't participate in that. Participate in your own analysis on your own life. Who are you being in the face of all of this challenge going on in the world today? And, uh, you know, maybe it comes down to boiling it down to uh, uh, being a great person to your family and friends and supporting people that are going through hard times. So uh, just, you know, my recommendation would be to not participate in all that stuff on the news. Participate in your own analysis and and how we can become better as individuals. Right. I I again totally agree. And and I would almost take it one step further and say, if you do see something going on in the world right now that you want change, be the person that's going to help change that. Don't just don't just be a, a you know someone else. It's if you truly want change, then be that person and and act as that person would, um, because we all have the power to be whoever we want to be once we make that decision. Just as you've earlier said, and and I think you're your um, equation of be, do, have is the perfect scenario that really empowers anybody to be whatever they want to be and gives them the power to take action on that and then create the result that they want to have. Absolutely. Yeah, Nick, it's fascinating. Um, You know, more so than my own story, I love watching it unfold in people's lives when they, when they grab a hold of that be do have formula and um, you know when the circumstances are right and what I mean by that is people don't generally use a new tool in their life to transform their life or improve on their life if everything is going okay people are just satisfied with okay so they don't try these new tools but when people come to me and say Malvin I'm having a real challenge in this area and I give them the tool at the right time and they actually take it on and they do the work, it's, there's nothing more satisfying than watching them break through that and becoming a whole new person. It's just an awesome experience. And we talk about time. I could tell you that if you do nothing about that situation, as opposed to do something about that situation, by looking at yourself, you'll speed up uh, the process probably a hundredfold for sure. That's amazing. We actually, we recorded... Um an episode for your podcast. And I'm not sure if this is going to come out before that or, or what the order of how this is all going to happen. But in, in that episode, um, we talk about, you know, things that I'm struggling with or things that I want to do better at or be better at. And we talk about finance in particular. And one of the things that 
I wanted to touch on was the fact that just in that be, do, have mentality or how some of us, me in particular, get that, you know, out of order sometimes. And one of the things that I kept telling myself, a goal of mine was to to start this podcast. Um, And I kept saying, you know, once I have this X in life, then I will do that and I will become that. And I kept trying to put off starting a podcast because I needed to wait until I had this before I would do that. Um, and then I, and then I just had this switch in my mind and I was like, okay, what do I really want to get out of? Why do I want to even start this podcast? And, and it really comes down to, and I think everybody should do this is just some inner reflection and really try to think who do I want to be? Why do I want to do that? And what do I want to have? And so one of the things for me for the podcast in particular was I wanted to um, share and give back. And it was like, okay, in my own inner reflection, I thought, why do I need to wait to be able to do that? Why can I not help give back right now? Even if it's not financially, um, even if it's, you know, whatever, what, what can I do currently in the now to help um, be the person that I want to be and do the per- and, and do the things that I want to do, which was give back. And that to me was the big decision um, making you know moment in in my life that made me think, okay, I'm just going to start this podcast right now, and I'm going to be this person that I need to be, and I'm going to do what I need to do to help share. And and I've said it several times on the podcast, and I'll say it again. But my whole goal with it was to to help one person. If I could help one person, if I could give any advice or just help anybody in any point in their life, then it would have been a total success for me. And and again, I feel super fortunate that I've had several people already reach out to me um, and say that they were thankful that I started the podcast because it helped them, you know, with whatever episode it was. And so um, it it's already been a success for me. And it just really, I want to reiterate that you can be anyone that you want to be and you can do anything you want to do and have anything you want to have. Make that decision and just go for it. Absolutely. And Nick, it, it can be as simple as, you know, in that moment when I said I'm going to be a business coach, like I literally just said it in my head and that's who I became. And you have to have enough confidence in yourself to know that it will work out. Like you chose to be a podcaster, a YouTuber, you know, uh, an inspiration to other people's lives and somebody who wants to make a difference and you're doing a great job and you're definitely more than checked off your goal of, uh, of um, uh, helping at least one person. You know, I, I myself, uh, I, I wouldn't have started my podcast unless I re-listened to your episodes and then thought, wow, like, yeah, like I got to be true to my own work and, and be that person. And, you know, I think it's great that we're having this part of the conversation because that's human. Like we're, we all have some embedded fear somewhere, you know, some insecurity somewhere, but at the same point, we have these abilities to be whoever we want to be in the moment, regardless of what anybody else thinks, like who cares? You know, one of my mentors really helped me big time. He said, Malvin, why do you care so much about what other people think about you? And I said, I don't know. And he says, I don't know either because none of them are going to pay your children's education. None of them are going to buy you a house. 
None of them are going to build your financial future for you. So why do you care? And I thought, wow, that's awesome. It gave me so much freedom. I love my friends, but I do not care what they think about me, period. Because I need to, like you say, follow my heart and, you know, do what's true to me. And who cares how silly I look at it? And I think of people like Jim Carrey, you know, some of these actors. I'm like, how do they do it? And they're just being true to themselves. They're, they don't give a crap about what people think about them. They just want to make people laugh and have fun. And I mean, they made big lives off of this and they've helped many people. But I think it really comes back to what you're saying a lot, Nick, is really just be true to yourself, you know, and, and really follow your heart. And through that, there's going to be some fears, but we do have to make choices on who we're going to be in the face of those fears and ultimately the uh, actions and, and, um, and results will follow that. Yeah. And ironically, just because it's funny how you were saying the same thing, how you have fears about what other people think of you. Um, I've had the, many fears about doing many things and, and wondering what other people are going to think of me. Ironically, I believe most of those fears never turn into fruition because we think that people think way more about us than they actually do. It's like, you've got this idea that everybody's thinking about you all the time. And it's like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're thinking about their own lives. Like, don't worry about what other people, what you think other people are thinking. Because very rarely are those other people actually thinking about you or worrying about you or having you even as a thought in their life. So don't get yeah. too caught up on that. Yeah, you know what's so funny about that, Nick, is when I had started this pod, my podcast, I remember uh, I was about to, my first thought was I'm not sharing it to my own Facebook friends or LinkedIn friends. I don't want them listening because I know who's going to tear it apart and who's going to do this and that. And then you know what I said, man, this is a podcast. It's meant to be shared. So I went ahead and I shared it with everyone. And it was so amazing. Like what I thought certain people would think about me was complete opposite. Like I had people coming back and saying like specific people that I thought A wouldn't listen or B if they did, they would have some pretty uh, critical comments to write down. And I was afraid of that. And it was funny though, the total opposite happened. You know, they were like, Hey Melvin, I never thought of life in that view before. Thanks for sharing that. And Hey man, you just inspired me to re-engage in my goals again. Or, you know, it was just totally off the wall, right? Like I never expected to have those type of comments come back, but uh, yeah, it, it is very interesting. And the point is to uh, be vulnerable and be brave and don't worry if you have the right intention, if your intention is truly to make a difference in someone else's life, if you're not trying to sell them something, they're going to know. They're going to know and they're going to take the value out of that. And, and uh, so like you say, Nick, just be true to yourself, you know, follow your heart and people, you know, I, I think we live in a smart enough world now where people can read through all of the BS out there and all the inauthenticities and uh, we can navigate that stuff pretty quick these days. So I think if you're just being yourself, man, just don't worry about what people think and whatever yeah, they think, that's their thoughts. That's their own thing. I totally, totally agree. And that's, that's definitely amazing advice. Um, just be who, you know, be, be, be authentic, be who you are, be who you want to be for sure. Um, Malvin, you've done so much, you know, already in life and your story is, is so amazing. 
where do you see yourself going from here? What's your next, you know, one year, three years or 10 years? What's your future look like? Well, I have multiple goals that kind of line up towards one thing. I mean, eventually I I do, um, uh, what I'm working on is really creating that space to, uh, like you say, within your own podcast is to be giving back more. And uh, I truly want to be in that position. And I believe I'm taking all the right actions from who I'm being today. I believe it's just one of those things that obviously takes time, but I think we're on the right track. Eventually, you know, one thing that's been very near and dear to my heart is uh, my hometown, my home community in Newfoundland. Uh, It's a very small community. And uh, there's been a lot of challenges around drugs and uh, crime. And uh, it's such a beautiful place. I mean, if you were to go there and just stand on the beach, you would think you're in heaven. I mean, the place is just gorgeous. But knowing everything, being an insider there, knowing everything that's going on, it kind of makes the place look not as attractive. And I want to really bring back the culture. And I know I don't live there right now. But the goal is to eventually, and what I've always wanted to do is build a community center that's about uh, engaging community and bringing back community culture and community spirit. So uh, it's a bit of a long-term goal for me, but it's ultimately what I want to be doing. I can see that bringing a new level of enjoyment into my life uh, and definitely fulfill on some long-term thoughts about how I want to transform my own home community back home in Newfoundland. So uh, I think everything I'm learning now is really just um, uh, compounding towards making that happen. Because it's one thing to A, have the money to go and do that, but to understand the, the social uh, challenges uh, in order to be successful. I mean, these are a lot of the things that I'm learning about now. Uh, culture is a, a very deep conversation for me. I continue to uh, uh, deepen that conversation uh, and, and learn more about how culture can create more creativity and more performance and uh, uh, create the conduciveness for success. Uh, so there's that side. And then my own personal journey is continue to work on myself, look at my own character flaws and continue to work those out. Because no matter how much you do this work, like I heard you say this before too, is new, new possibilities open up. Uh, the more you learn about yourself, the more you learn that you don't know a whole lot more. <laughs> and uh, so therefore, you have to keep transforming and uh, and continuing to grow personally. So I would kind of put them in buckets of uh, continuing to grow myself uh, is a very big goal of mine, but also continuing to understand and deepen the conversation of culture and how that affects people and then carrying that into fulfilling on my goal of uh, creating this community center that can really bring a good quality of culture and life back to a community that uh, is very beautiful. And it just unfortunately got taken over by uh, uh, drugs and alcohol and, um, and behaviors that, um, you know, that just really don't give it its best uh, optics. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of like, uh, I know there are some lofty uh, goals, but, uh, or they may not be in some people's eyes, but it's just very near and dear and true. And it just keeps coming up for me that I just, I, I gotta, I gotta be the one that 
makes that happen or I got to work with people to make that happen. That's incredible. That's uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I personally believe that it's great to have lofty goals anyway. So um, I think those are totally, you know, just amazing goals and uh, I wish you great success in achieving them. I'm going to move us on uh, Malvin to the next part of the show where I've been calling it the fire round and I'm going to ask you a couple of our favorite questions and I'm just going to fire these at you for you. Um, yeah. So do you have an inspirational quote that you live by? Uh, B do have, (laughs) uh, really. And it's not a quote. It's just something I learned the formula. It's, it's been the thing that's the most nearest and dearest to my heart. But, uh, there's many, many, uh, quotes, you know, um, and I, I think that's probably the one that's the closest to me, but Jim Rohn, had given me so many uh he's one of the he was one of the world's best business and life philosophers out there and uh i think the the greatest one i got from him that's still very strong for me is to work harder on yourself than you do on your job work harder on yourself than you do in your job he didn't say work more hours on yourself than you do your job he just said work harder on yourself then you do your job or your career or your business. And then all of that will be easier. And the whole thought behind that, he went deeper into it and said things like, um, if you do the hard stuff now, life will be easy later. If you do all the easy stuff now, life will be hard later. So I really took on, dig in, get the hard stuff done now so that things can be easier. Clean it all up now. So work harder on yourself than you do on your job was a valuable one for me. I love that. Those, uh, those are all great. And Jim Rohn, I mean, he's, uh, he's almost like the, the godfather of some of those, you know, inspirational quotes. But I also, I really love that formula, be, do, have. I mean, it's something that I have gotten from your podcast and something that I've been trying to implement in my own life as well. Um, the next question I have is, do you have a favorite book? I do. And I, I'm trying to remember the exact title of that book. And I recommended it to you at one point. Uh, the Way of the Superior Man, I believe, is the title of the book. And uh, what I and, and that might all sound very like, hey, you know, become this great man, conquer the world man. And it, it kind of, the title kind of gives you that superior man. And, and it's really not about that. It really gets into a lot of the energetics between the differences between like feminine energy and masculine energy and understanding the differences truly made my life better in the sense that like uh, before I would try to control things so that it all lined up with how I wanted life to be. And what I got out of that book is that uh, understanding and respecting and allow life to exist around you without you trying to control it is very, very important. Took probably uh, 99% of my stress away in life. I allowed, after reading that book, I allowed life to be uh, as it is. And the control I have is right here with me, man. And, uh, but by understanding those different energies, I actually respect them more. A little example of that is, you know, uh, men for the most cases, I remember before, being uh, with my wife, I like to have a couch, a TV, my fridge, a few dishes, and that's it. But feminine energy might be a little different in the sense they like to have stuff, you know, lots of stuff. I didn't like lots of stuff. So, but after listening to the book, I had to learn that 
That's what brings them joy and security and feeling. So why would I be one to rob that from them? Doesn't make any sense. So learning to have control over you, but allowing life to happen around you is a very good balance. And, and I, I learned a lot from that book. So it, it sticks near and dear to my heart, but I have a lot of favorite books. That's, that's incredible. I actually just ordered uh, that book via your recommendation um, yesterday. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting it in the mail. Um, again, Melvin, you've done so much and you've, you've got so much as part of your story of life so far. What would you consider one of your most awesome experiences? Um, again, you know, I've had so many uh, downs, but through those downs, I think there were so many experiences that uh, were amazing. And I think the fact that um, if I were to kind of sum it all up, it's really hard to pick any one because just because of my view of life today is different than before. Uh, I would say that it's all been amazing. And I know that's hard for some people to hear because there were so many downs. And I I know there's people listening that maybe have gone or or going through a lot of downs right now, but I, I can say that with the right perspectives and through the right type of growth, uh, you know, you'll tend to love them. And and I would say my high is, and this may sound a little tree hugger uh, mentality, but my high, my high really is living, you know, being alive, uh, having this opportunity, even in the chaos of everything that's going on in the world that I get to participate in my life and, and, and be here. And uh, I know that all may sound weird to some people, but it is the highlight, all the ups and downs, all the experiences that I've had. I've met phenomenal people. Uh, I've done crazy, amazing stuff. I remember sharing some of my stories. I now live in a smaller town in Northern Ontario, actually very close to where you came from. Uh, And I could tell you, I've shared some stories with people and they didn't even believe me because it was just out of their realm of thinking. You know, and before Donald Trump ever became president, you know, I had the opportunity to meet with him, uh, other great speakers um, and business moguls and get into their world. So I, I think, you know, some of the highlights is having the opportunity to, you know, even talk with people like you, Nick, who have accomplished great things and kind of picking insights out of their mind and, and learning and growing from that myself. But I think it's, you know, the learning is the highlight of my life and uh, my family, my friends, uh, and all the experience that I've gone through, good and bad. Like, I mean, I can sum it up today and say today's the highlight. That's awesome. I love that. I, I love loving life so much that every day becomes the highlight so that every day is, you know, a little bit better than it was yesterday. Um, Malvin, if you could go back in time to any age and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? That's a good question. I never, ever thought about that. But I would say when I was, if I can go back to when I was 15 years old and I was blaming the world and why I was in the situation I was in, if I could just whisper in my ear back then, I would give myself the advice that everything is going to be okay. It's, it's all going to be okay. Just keep going, learn everything that you're going through, embrace it all. 
and it'll all turn out okay. Like there's nothing to fear. So I think that would, that's a good question, man. It brought a little emotion to me just now. <laughs> but I think that would be the, the biggest advice I'd give myself because I think through life, I just had a lot of fear of how are things going to turn out? Am I doing the right things? <laughs> you know, and I, I think that would have been very good advice to myself back then. That's amazing. And I think that's something I know that I've, you know, struggled with as well. Like just the fear of, you know, am I doing it right? Is it, how is it going to be in the future? And I think that's just great advice that it's all going to be okay. Um, ironically, I've had a couple different people say the same thing for that same question. So I think it's just great advice that we probably all can take a little bit more of and just, you know, remember it's all going to be okay. Absolutely. Uh, I've got, um, Another question here, Malvin, that is a bit of a new one for us, but if you were to die today and everything that you have done up till now, all the work that you've done, your, all your podcasts, um, all your videos, everything was gone. It erased and it was gone with you when you left. But before you were to leave, you were given one piece of paper and a pen and you were able to write down three truths three things that you believe to be true in life, what would they be? Yeah. Uh, first one that comes to mind is life is fair. You know, we hear this whole thing about life is not fair. Um, and the reality it is, it's just feeding us back our, uh, giving us feedback from our own actions and thoughts. And they may not be all our own fault, let's say, like we learn some of these things, but life is fair. It's giving us exactly what we're putting into it. So I would say that would be number one uh, thing that I would write down. Number two is um, don't worry about what other people think of you. Um, live life on your own terms might be the, the, the line that I would write there. Um, but I think in today's world, we're so consumed by what other people are thinking. And I think the third thing I would write is participate in your life, not others. Participate in your life 100% so that you have no room. You have no, no opportunity to participate in other people's lives. So be selfish. And that's strange, but my view of selfish is be so selfish that you can become selfless so what that means is you've taken care of yourself so much that you are capable of taking care of other people. You are capable of loving other people. You are capable of giving back. So, you know, take care of yourself, you know, be selfish. Don't let the word selfish, um, um, don't utilize the word selfish as it's used in the, in the uh, dictionary today. Utilize it in a way that uh, you're looking at taking care of yourself so that you can be better for others, so that you can make a difference. I know I was only supposed to write down three things there, but I just kind of wanted to summarize them a little bit, but those would be the three areas. That's that. No, I love that. That's that truly is amazing. And I think especially all three of those, but especially those last two, I think is something again that I can work on for sure. Just living in this world that we have, which is, um, consumed for the most part with social media and to not really care about what other people's, what other people think, just be true to yourself and, um, and 
be selfish and do what you know you need to do and and yeah it's amazing amazing advice there thank you so so and, very and much selfish in the most healthiest way is, is all i want to say people get very stuck on that word <laughs> and they right. think oh no wonder you're just being selfish but reality is it's it's selfish in a selfless way i love it malvin my final question here for you is what is your definition of awesome ha Nick Troutman is my definition of awesome. <laughs> well, honestly, Nick, when I think of your life, it's truly awesome, man. Like I'm really inspired. And, uh, but to me, awesome really means like, you know, in the most authentic way, living your life the way you want to, that is awesome. Like when you live life on your terms and you're doing uh, uh, what it is that you want to do, that's awesome to me. So I, I really think uh, that's how I would define awesome is being true to yourself and living life the way that you intended it to be, the way that you want it to be, you know, not allowing uh, uh, others to dictate uh, your outcomes, you know. Um, and I, I think, uh, Nick, you're an awesome example of, you know, the art of awesome. And I'm glad you're doing that show. It's, it's, it really, truly is awesome. Well, thank you very much for that. And thank you so much for your story, for your message, for everything that you have shared with us today, uh, Malvin. This, uh, for me, has been truly awesome just to listen and to learn from you. Um, for anybody else out there that would like to connect with you, what would be the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what I did uh, recently is I just uh, created my own website uh, just so that I can have a platform of sharing all the different uh, channels uh, of, um, of podcast, uh, which is malvinyoung.com, M-A-L-V-I-N dot, sorry, not dot, malvinyoung.com. Uh, so it's uh, M-A-L-V-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G.com. And uh, all of our podcasts are listed there. Um, and on social media, uh, Facebook, you can get a, a, all my other links are on there, Twitter, Facebook, everything really spawns from that, uh, one webpage. So that would probably be the best way to connect. Awesome. And so everybody out there, um, please go and connect with Malvin, check him out on his website. And if you haven't definitely go check out his podcast, be do have, it's an incredible show and there is just an, a flurry of amazing life advice in there. I know that I gain value every episode that I listen to. So thank you uh, so very much again, Malvin, for joining us today. And thank you to all of our listeners out there. Um, this has been amazing. I hope you guys got some value from Malvin's story. Again, I know that I have, and I'm probably going to go back and listen to it again because I just feel there, there was so many uh, nuggets of gold in there. And if you got any value out of this, please share it with someone that you think might need to hear this uh, today. And if you haven't already, please give us a rating and review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to. And I'm Nick Troutman signing off, and I just want to wish you all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.